Corby Ornson at eight. Downhill putt. And this young man showing some style and talent as the Eagle paired up with the birdie and moving to 14 under. Thorby Ornson, downhill putt, good approach, 17-footer, that one's in, and he moves to 16 under par, and suddenly within two shots of the lead. Everybody, welcome to episode two of season two of the All Things Sports podcast. My name is Matthew Gordon, alongside Jack Ferrone. And we have a guest that we've been trying to get on forever. This dude is taking over the world with his golf game. If you most recently watched a Travelers Champ, he placed fourth as an amateur. He's a stud, and he's here today. His name is Michael Thor Johnson. Mike, how you doing, my guy? Hey, how's it going? Uh, going well. well. Thanks for having me. Of course, man. Of course. It's a pleasure. So we're going to have some questions for you. We're going to dive in right now, and I'm going to lead it off. So... My first question is playing at Stanford and a bunch of USAM tournaments, you just dominated. And would you say there's a difference? And what is your difference in your mentality in match play versus stroke play? Um, compared to those two, I guess, event styles, uh, match play, um, I think, honestly, I, I haven't had a great record this summer. But in theory, you're kind of just playing against one person rather than the rest of the field, which can be up to like 300 players. Um, I'd say that's the biggest thing. And then, and um, just based on like my strengths of my game, like being a ball striker, you can really put pressure on your opponent pretty easily when it comes down to that. Yeah, Michael, uh, next question. Um, obviously golf is a very mental game. Um, you have a lot of time in between shots. You see your name creeping up the leaderboard. Um, there's a lot of mental obstacles out there. How do you kind of stay the course during a round? And do you have a mental coach like um, a bunch of other pro, uh, tour pros have? Um, as for a mental coach, I do not have one. But whenever I can, I'm always trying to pick the brains of some of the best players in the world. And... They've, I've heard a couple of things from everyone, but what's really stuck to me this summer was what Colin said to me was like, do whatever you can to like stay comfortable, just be comfortable out there. Um, Cause you just have to remind yourself that the guys that you're playing against, they're human too. Like they were in my shoes at one point. Uh, and just remember, like, I guess like while I'm on the golf course, seeing my name, like on certain leaderboards or whatever, like it's good to see that like, that I'm up there, that means I'm, I guess I'm doing well, but I don't really care. Like what's on the leaderboard is fully dependent on like what I'm doing on the golf course. So I'm just focusing on like the shot and like, how can I best, like, I don't know, like birdie this next hole or whatever. I'm not really trying to, I guess, like move up the leaderboard in that sense. Um, nope. Also um, yeah. Making that you've been in two U.S. Opens now, but the first one you were what 16, 17 years old? Yeah, I was 17. So, as a 17 year old, you and Drew, um, playing in the big, the biggest golf event in the world. How much did you sleep that Wednesday night before the Thursday round? Um, it, sorry, which one are you talking about, the 2019 or this past one? 2019. 2019. Uh, I kind of slept, slept fine from what I can remember. Really? Um, I guess I didn't really understand, like, what was going on. Um, 
I mean, I felt like I could compete with them. Uh, I know that kind of sounds crazy having a 17-year-old say that or think yeah. that, but that I felt crazy. really good with my game at the time. Uh, and, yeah, I, I mean, I knew I was playing in the U.S. Open, but other than that, I mean, you're playing a golf course that you've now played a couple times during the U.S. Yeah. Amateur and then practice rounds like that. So it, it really, like, it, I guess it comes down to, like, what Colin said. I mean, he hadn't told me at the time, but really just – the, the two players that I played with, Ches Reeve and David Toms, were really cool to play with. They made me feel comfortable and ma- like put me at ease. Like After that first tee shot, they could tell I was a little, I don't know, like shooken up. But after talking to them, understanding that they're, they're normal guys and we're just all playing some golf out there, like I, I really settled in. You made the cut that year, did you not? I did, yes. I remember uh, Harrison actually had got, uh, told us about you. And I trusted him, and I bet your matchup against Ches Reeve, he won me some money. So thank you for Shout that. Out Harry, who's actually on the <laughs> podcast right now. What's up, Harry? I am. Yeah, where was Harry's intro? What, what the heck? I don't know. <laughs> it's all good. My don't bad. Worry. I'm just here for the ride. <laughs> all right, Mike, I got a question for you. So I'm sure yeah. as a kid growing up, you were probably dreaming of seeing your name rise up on the leaderboard and the PGA leaderboard. So oh, when yeah. that happened most recently, how cool was it and how hard was it to keep yourself composed when you saw it move up? Uh, obviously, it was extremely cool. Um, I guess after – I think each day I progressed slowly up the leaderboard. Um, I think I was seventh going into the final round and then had that hot streak of six holes where I went six under or something. And, I mean, it was really – it was nice to see my name up on that leaderboard again. I'm sure it was. Probably at <laughs> – at the time, I'm not really, like, fully understanding, like, what's going on. I was just trying to, I don't know, just figure out how to finish these next seven holes. I wasn't really prepared to be in that position, like, that early in the round, I'd say. I felt like the course was very gettable, and if I, I don't know, got a little hot, I could, I don't know, make some noise, like, down the stretch, 16, 17, 18. But after being one back and having seven holes to play, I, I guess uh, I didn't really know like what mindset to have, whether um, I guess that's one thing I need to think about, like how to improve for the future. And it's something that I've learned to deal with, but I didn't really know what to think of or like how to approach the rest of these seven holes. Cause like I, I didn't want to screw up, but at the same right. time, like if I were to win this event, like it would come, it would change my whole life. Yeah. Now, Michael, I know this won't affect you for a few years down the line um, since you don't fully have your tour card yet because you're still at Stanford. But um, I just want to see what your thoughts are on the Live Golf Tour. And if you are on the PGA Tour one day, which we're all assuming you will be, um, is there like an amount of money that could get you to buy out and go over there to play in Live Tour? Or is your goal just set on the PGA? Um, yeah, I'm not – I'm not really supposed to be talking about Live Tour or anything, um, but I, I think Live Tour is a great. Um, it, it's great for younger golfers, college golfers, because it's going to give them more opportunities and abilities to play, like on certain tours. Um, especially coming like right out of college, it's hard to find guaranteed spots and, I guess, guaranteed money in a way. And Living Tour, Live the Live Tour opens that up for. Uh, a certain pool of college players. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not thinking about that at all. I growing up, as you said, like I'm, 
just been thinking about the PGA tour. Like I want to play on the PGA tour. Like while I was at that travelers tournament, I totally forgot that like the PGA on the PGA tour, you play for money. And then I realized after signing my scorecard, they have these sheets, like their payout sheets of what you would have made. And it only hit me then that I realized, Oh yeah. Like normally people get paid for this. <laughs> yeah. It's a horrible feeling. How much have you won? <laughs> Uh, I think like four hundred six thousand. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, we oh. try not uh, to think about it, but hey, you'll, oh you'll get it back. God. You'll get it back. I'm yeah, sure. oh yeah, say, Mike, you'll... Mike will be fine. We'll be fine. Trust me. I know oh him well. All right, so Mike, I'm gonna wrap it up with one more question. All right. Um, for PJ events, you had to deal with the adjustment of having no rangefinder. How do you right. prepare? How do you prepare during these practice rounds to make sure your yardages and green reads are adjusted accordingly? Um. So basically, what Drew and I do, my caddy, is during the practice rounds, we, um, I guess, act as if we're not using a rangefinder. We get our yardages the way that we normally do, or or how every other pro does it, just walking off sprinkler heads, stuff like that. Um. Usually, it's pretty accurate. I mean, the tour does a good job of like setting up, um like sprinkler heads and giving good numbers and very accurate pin sheets. So during practice rounds, Drew will get the number, I'll get the number, and then we'll shoot it with our range finder just to see if it matches up. And if it's like within a yard or so, like we know we've got the right number and like we're, we're doing the right thing. Jack, right, want to wrap one, it up? One last question. Um, this is a big one. So you obviously made the cut back in 2019, the U.S. Open, beating out, a bunch of the top players in the world. You won the U.S. Junior Am, beating a lot of the best young golfers in the world. Considering all that, do you think you'd have any chance in an 18-hole match against Harrison Cohen? Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't think we've actually played before one-on-one. I've never got gotten the ability to do so but we've played you can say yes (laughs) you can say yes (laughs) i mean if if i give harrison a stroke a hole i think i could probably beat him probably he's probably (laughs) however my ball striking has improved okay Uh, i was gonna ask harry whether or not you were joining the live or the pga tour have you made a decision harry what have I made it? <laughs> Have you made it? Yeah. I'm, I'm going to take up the Vanilla Prime to be set for life. That's, that's my decision. Okay. All right. All Mike, right. I, well, I, Mike. We wrap this up. Yeah, Mike, Michael, thank you for so stopping much. by, man. We really appreciate it. Best of luck to you with everything going forward. And keep on doing your thing, homie. Of course. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much for having me. Sorry it took uh, some time for me to get on it. Just been hell, a hellish summer, and I'm dude. It's all good. It's all I'm good. on the run right now, trying to catch this flight. Yeah, go, go get your flight, bro. Don't miss it. <laughs>